it's a lot of new. It's kind of like so refreshing to have so many new experiences. Like you say, like been doing this since I was 16 and like, I've been touring since I was 17. So it's like I'm 34 now. So it's like a long time, I realized. But then like, this all feels new and I feel excited and like I needed that. I'm a curious person and I like sort of challenging myself. So I think it's, it's definitely been that, you know, like especially with DJing. Just kind of like starting again, you know, and I did a lot of traveling by myself last summer and like playing festivals that I've had the opportunity to play with my band, you know, in a very different way. But I think I enjoyed just turning up just by myself and playing a DJ stage and just seeing what that felt like. And I think it's something I needed to do for myself. I mean, some people were like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I just I want, I'm inspired and I want to like explore it. And yeah, it's felt really, really good. That was Rami. And this is Shiros, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, Shiros Radio. Shiros is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. You may remember way back in June, we had Rami Madley-Croft of the XX with us for an episode of our Shiro's and Queeros series for Pride Month. She guest DJed an hour and we spun a couple of tracks from her then newly announced solo album, Mid Air. This week, I'm so thrilled to welcome Rami back to the show to go a bit more in depth about the album as it was just released on September 8th. For those unfamiliar with her story, the history of the XX, and the significance of her debut solo outing, or for the casual fans, here's a quick refresher. The UK singer, songwriter, guitarist, producer, and DJ met her future XX bandmate Oliver Sim when they were just three years old, and they've been best friends ever since. Rami began playing guitar at age 11 and soon was writing hushed songs that laid the groundwork for the now internationally known songs she's co-written with Oliver for the XX for 15 years and counting. Together with Jamie Smith, now known as Jamie XX, they became a trio and released their 2009 self-titled debut, which immediately captivated critics, catapulted the band to some of the biggest stages and music festivals in the world, and won them the coveted Mercury Prize within a year of its release. The trio since released two other albums, Coexist in 2012 and I See You in 2017, while Jamie XX also released his Mercury Prize Brit Award and Grammy-nominated solo album In Color in 2015. Whatever the members of the XX do, they're never far away from one another. Rami and Oliver both co-wrote a couple of songs on that album. Jamie produced Oliver's 2022 solo debut, Hideous Bastard, and co-produced Rami's solo debut, along with Rami and Fred again. Rami first dipped her toe into working outside of the XX as a writer and a co-writer with artists like Kalayla, Florence and the Machine, Jesse Ware, Dua Lipa, King Princess, and Halsey. And she's a DJ, a passion that has its roots in the queer clubs she and Oliver used to go to as teens. Rami's new album, Mid Air, is an ode to that music and a celebration of those spaces, as well as her most direct and openly queer collection of love songs to date. I'm so happy to welcome back Rami as this week's Shiro 
in the spotlight. Rami, welcome back to Shiro's. Thanks for having me back. It's been a couple months since we saw each other. And the last time we spoke, it was for Pride Month. How was your Pride? It was good. It was a busy month. It felt like Pride was alive and well everywhere. And um, it was exciting (laughs) to see a lot more visibility and like support out and about. It felt like different this year. There was more pride flags, more people sort of talking openly about their experiences. Yeah, there was just more in a good way. I think it was a positive thing. And a very special one for you because of the new record coming. And by the time you played Glastonbury, the album had been announced. So last time I saw you, you had just done Coachella. Mm Wow, these were big. These are big for you. (laughs) Yes. Like, talk about, like, the hugest coming out party ever. (laughs) Tell us what the experience of doing these songs live and DJing at Glastonbury was like and during Pride Month, no less. Um, It's been really exciting. I think that even just being at Glastonbury is an amazing experience. But, yeah, getting to DJ there was very exciting. And getting to play some of this new music and sort of see people react to it was really exciting. I played Love Her, which is the song that I was talking about to you last time that had just come out. I've started playing it in some of my DJ sets, even though it's like quite a lot slower and it kind of takes you into a different space. I started to test it just to see what would happen. And I think that was one of my favorite experiences is then watching people kind of go on the journey slightly slower tempo and people singing along and sort of feeling the emotion of the music was something that I really didn't expect and seeing people like sing along and sort of be looking at me and sort of like they were feeling the lyrics was like the best thing I could have hoped for. I just want to share a very quick note to you, which is that I went to my first Pride. You and I had talked about that. And I had a friend who was DJing and needed to leave the DJ booth for a second. She was like, oh, can you take over for a second? And so I played Love Her. Oh, my God. That's so nice. Oh, my God. Thank you for playing that. I've been wanting to ask you how your Pride was, but thank you for playing that song and like... How was it? It was awesome. It was organized by a bunch of gay boys. And then I put that song on and you could see all the women starting to be like, all right. okay, (laughs) That's cool. I love that. That's so cool. Thank you for playing that song. brought a little bit more into the the room. It was more lesbian energy. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Thank you. And, And did you have a good time at Pride? I did. You know, I didn't stay for too long. There was a lot of boys, you know, I'm still kind of struggling struggling at least in this area to find the lesbian community Mm -hmm. and was very young as well. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but it was fine. It was fun. I was glad that I went. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. It's a journey, but that's an exciting one. And I think that's amazing that you went there and I hope it continues to be a fun journey each pride that comes around. Thank you. Well, let's get back to talking about Midair. I've spent so much time with this album now since we spoke. Is there some sort of thread that weaves through these songs? I haven't written it sort of as a concept album so much, but like in the track listing, I wanted it to feel like a journey in the sense that Track one, Lover, is the tentative step into me even doing this project. And like mm-hmm. I think you can sort of hear in my voice, in the way that I sort of talk at the beginning, like I'm sort of nervously asking Fred to like turn it up a bit more. And like that's kind of where I was at at the beginning. And I think ending the album on She's On My Mind, there's like a confidence. And I'm ending it by literally saying I don't care anymore. Like I'm in love with <laughs> her. You know, it's like a very different energy. So I yeah. think that throughout the album, I kind of wanted it to feel like there's the kind of an arc and there's some ups and downs. And the interludes kind of are like a different DMC to me. It feels like the experiences I've had having kind of 
deep meaningful conversations which is what it stands for outside of clubs and sort of those kind of heart-to-hearts you might have that I realize I've had when my inhibitions are down and you know I'm feeling a little bit more like I can open up and which you know it may be more than I would if I was having a coffee with someone you know sometimes in a nightclub it's just sometimes I've, I've ended up having these kind of conversations so that's what that is that kind of moment which then leads into strong which kind of leads into the opening up and then the other interlude midair is kind of meant to feel a bit like the morning after a night out where I've sort of had sort of feeling a bit anxious or like kind of feeling a bit questioning and then the line in midair says it hit me in midair and it's sort of like a, a moment of clarity when it brings you back to say my mother says to me enjoy your life and it's like that kind of intention to like try and, and see the positives again. It's a bit related to nights out and, you know, those interludes kind of mark that. I tried to make the track listing flow in a way that felt nice to listen to start to finish. Just that's like, I guess, the DJ side of me kind of wanting it to feel good. You know, like not like an awkward track where you're like oh this doesn't quite fit I hoped that it kind of can be listened to as one even though I know so many people don't listen to an album as one I still kind of want it to be listened to in that way I'm so glad that you said that because I feel the same way and I would encourage everyone to listen to this in that way mission accomplished <laughs> it really does feel that it has such an art that's why I asked is is there a storyline because I also heard and hear some moments of heartbreak or <laughs> trying to get together then the romance kind of not coming together but yeah. then it came together like with twice yeah do you want to talk to us a little bit about that song yeah. is that maybe a good place to start today definitely twice is actually the first song i've ever when i was first starting to do this project i was writing songs for other people and that was a way for me to sort of feel creative outside of the xx without the pressure of it being for me and in doing that i was in quite a lot of sessions and i met a lot of different people and, and i was feeling a little bit like Sometimes it can be quite abstract because you're writing a song about anything for anyone with strangers. So I had this experience where I felt like I had a bit of a weird time in the studio. And then Mark Ronson is someone that I'd met on this journey. And he had said to me, you might like my friend Ilse Juba. And she is an amazing songwriter. And this song, Twice, is a song on the album that is written with her. And that was the first time in that at that time, I'd really let someone else help me write a song. You know, I'd been so focused, I want to help someone else write a song. And I kind of turned up to Ilse feeling a little bit weary, I guess. And I sort of told her, like, this is kind of what's going on for me right now, which is the true story of how my now wife and I dated like when we were 19 and 20. And it didn't really work out back then. And we lost touch and we re-met again at 29 and 30. So at this time, I had re-met Vic and I was kind of trying to figure that out. And I told Ilse this story and she helped me put it into words. And I am so grateful for that conversation we had and how she helped me kind of get this story out because it felt good to write something honest at that time. 
But that was a guitar ballad. It was very much like singer-songwriter style. And I didn't want this album to be that. So I was like, right, how do we evolve this song? Is this song never going to exist as part of this project, even though it felt lyrically very much like it was? And um, I'm really grateful to Stuart Price for like going on the journey with me to getting it into this sort of musical state it's in now. It's very different to the demo. When I was younger from Rami's debut album. Her solo debut is Midair. She's our guest today on Shiro's. I'm Carmel Holt. And you mentioned going in the origins of this song and how it started as a guitar ballad. And one of the things we touched on the last time we spoke is how this album sees you putting the guitar down. Mm -hmm. And it's so symbolic, even on stage, like I'm unguarded now, I'm unprotected, I don't have the instrument in front of me. You're not leaning on your old songwriting crutches either. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing how this is a first, even at this stage in your career, this new opening up, so inspiring. I wanted to take some time to dive into that a little bit further, the Technicolor aspect of this, the dance music, the joy, which can also feel very vulnerable when you've been so used (laughs) to protecting yourself. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of new. It's kind of like so refreshing to have so many new experiences. Like you say, like been doing this since I was 16 and I have been touring since I was 17. So it's like I'm 34 now. So it's like a long time, I realized. But then this all feels new and I feel excited and like I needed that. I'm a curious person and I like sort of challenging myself. So I think it's it's definitely been that, you know, like especially with DJing, just kind of like starting again, you know. And I did a lot of traveling by myself last summer and like playing festivals that I've had the opportunity to play with my band, you know, in a very different way. But I think I enjoyed just turning up just by myself and playing a DJ stage and just seeing what that felt like. And I think it's something I needed to do for myself. I mean, some people were like, why are you doing this? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I just, I'm inspired and I want to like explore it. And yeah, it's felt really, really good. That brought me to another question, which I don't know that I got to ask you before, which is that aspect of traveling by yourself and experiencing these spaces by yourself as a woman (laughs) and as a queer person now without your brothers with you. Mm -hmm. 
what that's been like. I've talked to a lot of women and, of course, to queer people about being in these male-dominated spaces of festivals and music venues and recording studios. And sometimes it can be challenging for us. So I was wondering whether you came up against any of that stuff, not to focus on the negative, but have you seen anything with a different lens? I think that I, you know, I like traveling by myself, but I also, you know, I know what it's like to just have my guard up. I like take care of myself. It's There's times when it's easier than others and like some festivals like take really good care of you and, you know, and I, I'm really grateful to have not had any sort of horror stories or anything like that. But it is a bit, you know, it got to the point where I was like, do you know what, like, I'm actually, I kind of just want to share this with someone now because like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of all like, I did it by myself, but then at the same time, it's like, so now I've got a tour manager that comes with me, Chloe, and she's great. And like, we have a laugh and like, she can give me feedback on it and we can share that moment. And I think that for me is important. And yeah, it's been nice traveling with her as a woman. And I've, I've done a lot of touring with a lot of men and that's great too. And like, everyone's always taking care of me, but I think that, you know, it, it's, it is different. And when I see other artists and I meet other people at festivals and it's always nice to just find a friendly face, you know, it can be lonely. I'm always curious to hear other people's experiences of it, you know, because uh, yeah, I'm grateful to have not had too many difficulties. Yeah. We talked about needing more women and queer people, especially yeah. behind the scenes Definitely. Um, as tour managers, as engineers, as crew people. And I think part of where that comes from is that feeling of isolation, that feeling of not being heard or being talked down to or yeah, overlooked yeah. or totally. being just that outnumbered thing, being marginalized, Yeah, you know, what that feels like. And that's kind of on the lower end of the spectrum, yeah, like yeah. far as like the extremes and then people who have bad experiences, yeah, you know, so it can be really helpful to travel with a gang. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I know that when I do meet other sort of women behind the scenes in these like in more like in engineer roles in terms of festivals and stuff like that it's exciting to see that and I know I do understand that like and empathize that that might have been more challenging for them to have been in that role and to have like got to the point where you know they might have had to had some adversity to get just and and kind of fought against that to just keep being there you know and I get that so it's kind of I'm always like how is it I always like to ask questions like how are you how's your journey been because I'm like I'm asking you questions too I'm just interested (laughs) I love that about you Rami here with us on Shiro's and the new album is Midair her solo debut what an amazing moment to be sharing with you and excited for it finally to be out in the world let's play another song I have weightless highlighted here. It's track two on the album. And this is another one of those songs where you're like talking to somebody who isn't sure and you're saying, I know what it's like to lose someone. And talk to us about this song. Tell us about Weightless. Weightless, I guess, was me trying to distill that kind of uh, exciting feeling of weightlessness that I was experiencing that I can sort of hope people can relate to of like falling for someone and those intimate moments around that like when I talk about I'm I'm at a party and she's at home and I just want to be with her you know these are these little sort of scenes in my head that I was experiencing and again this is actually a song that I wrote at home on a guitar and just as a sort of songwriting tool but I even when I was writing I was like this is not going to be a song that lives on the guitar but I think that was just a tool for me to get the idea out and um, I remember I played it to Vic and she goes, do you really feel this way about me? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
And she was like, oh, wow, okay. Because <laughs> like we, I was in lockdown at this point, so I didn't really have anyone else to, to like bounce off. So then it's kind of funny being like, she's the only person there and like it's about her. Um, so I was glad <laughs> she liked it, but it took a long time to get the instrumentation right around it. This song had loads of versions, like loads and loads of different versions, just to find that balance of electronic sound that it has around it. And I think where we've ended up, I really love. And I also have played this in DJ sets and it's been kind of interesting hearing it because it really takes the mood to a different place, but people are still able to dance in like a sort of more introspective way. But yeah, it's surprised me in that way for sure. I heard someone say that when you know, you know And that it's okay not to take it slow Cause I don't wanna grow without her Weightless from Midair, the solo debut for Rami. Rami Madleycroft is our guest today on Shiro's. I'm Carmel Holt. You were talking about playing this song in a DJ set. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me that last time when we talked, we did something that you've been doing, which is setting up shares, I believe, going into Lifetime, yeah, right? Yeah. And we actually got to hear what that transition sounds like or segues in DJ speak. <laughs> Have you discovered any fun segues for any of these songs that you started weaving into yeah. your set? <laughs> yeah, um, Love Her mixes into a song by Kylie called I Believe In You, which is one of my favorite songs. It's actually, I think she wrote it with Jake Shears. But yes, I realized that you can loop the end of Love Her and then bring in I Believe In You and it, and it works. I've been doing that and that's kind of the main one. I started a set with Weightless. I did this free outdoor party in Brussels and I really didn't know who was going to come. It was just like a last minute thing. And when so many people were like there and like really sweet and like just looking at me, I thought I'm actually going to play an unreleased song just to start this off. You know, it's a bit of a gentler song. And because no music had been playing, that's when I was saying I was shocked at how people moved to Weightless because from nothing, it is more of a dancey song, like, but then compared to the rest of the album, it's not as much. But yeah, I'm always excited to be able to mix. I'm sure if you ask me in a year, I'll have diff have mixed these songs into other different like popular totally. songs. Totally. And it would be interesting after we've lived with these versions of these songs to hear the guitar versions too. Yeah. Which would be so different yeah, to yeah, strip totally, it back down. Yeah. Like do the opposite of a remix, basically. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. strip it all back down. No, yeah. I, I definitely would love to share some of where the songs came from. But it was just important to me to get these evolved versions out there first so that then I can unpick it after that. When you were talking about this song and playing it for Vic, your wife, I was just thinking, oh, my God, that is so vulnerable yeah. and so scary. I, like I think I didn't really think it through. <laughs> I think I was kind of just like, oh, like I've made this song. What do you think? But, you know, then obviously it's like just because a big part of our relationship is like is a friendship in the sense that like when I have a creative thought, I kind of ask her advice and like, I think vice versa. And then I'm sort of sitting there and then she's like obviously interpreting it in a way that she's like, is this about me? 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, this is really scary. I hope you like this song. I don't know. It was it's a funny one. But I, yeah, she, I was glad she liked it. Do you mind me asking how you reconnected? Because it sounds like such a romantic love story <laughs> that you met yeah. at 19 and then um, it didn't work out and now you're married. Yeah. So we met at a time when my band was playing in like pubs and clubs. It's before we'd released our first album. So we were just like touring and being like support acts for other people. And I met her like after a gig in London. And then like we met up again a few more times and I don't know, we just really connected over music. We were really both like, but she had a girlfriend, it was one of these, you know, complicated <laughs> yeah. stories and we kind of tried to give it a go, but it was very complicated and we were really young. And it was one of those things where it didn't end badly, but it just didn't work. And she was someone that I thought about a lot in the years since and we lost touch and I sort of didn't think that we'd reconnect really. And then in 2018, I had come back from touring the third album from the XX. So this is like in this space of time, I've done like three albums and like done all those touring. And I had like recently gone through a breakup and I was like kind of coming back to London being like, what's next for me? I'm off tour now, like I'm single. And my best friends started a five-a-side football team. And so I would, they were like, you've got to join. And I was a bit nervous because I hadn't played football since I was a kid. But I said, okay, I was like, why not? And then they said to me, oh, by the way, Vic's going to come to the training. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. So then that was kind of exciting, but I was kind of, my guard was a bit up from that, from the, the past. And we just became friends again and would, would meet up um, through this kind of group activity that was kind of like low pressure way to hang out. And then we ended up getting together again. And I think we were both quite shocked. And then, yeah, then about a year after we were back together, then lockdown happened. So then we were kind of together all the time. And then, yeah, then we got married. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think... Congratulations. Thank you. No, I don't think any of us, (laughs) any of us, either of us saw it coming. But I think like Vic and I both had like long-term relationships in our 20s that we both mm. learned a lot from. It was just interesting being able to meet up with someone again that you've known when you're younger. Then you've both had your whole 20s apart. And you've thought like, okay, what, what have you experienced? And you're, I recognized elements of her that she was the same, but I also recognized that she'd evolved and I felt the same. And it was kind of cool to be like, what have you been up to? But uh, yeah, I, I'm very grateful that we met again. Is there a song on this album that you can think of to play to go along with this story? I mean, I guess they all sort of, do they all <laughs> um, sort of do that? <laughs> well, I guess I, twice is probably the most clear description of that. But I would say that the C is I'm talking about the first time around where it didn't work out. And I guess the song, like the songs where I'm talking about that heartache and the, the kind of unrequited situation of love, kind of reminiscing about those days. So I think the C and did I, I'm thinking about more into the past and weightless, love her. And I guess, yeah, twice, a kind of more present day. See, there is a story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all like very autobiographical. I guess it's just not in order of events, I suppose. (laughs) But it is all of like real stuff that's happened.
The Sea by Rami, the new album, her solo debut is Midair, and I'm Carmel Holt. It's so awesome to have a conversation with somebody about an album that is about love, about queer love. Again, we talked about this last time, but after such an amazing long career so far with the XX, where pronouns were never so specific, and that opportunity that you have to represent to be open with your fans and be open with your wife and sing songs that are directly going to record for her. Like, it's all just so beautiful. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm really glad that you think that. I know that we're talking about this ahead of time, so it's a little hard to project into the future, like how it's going to (laughs) feel to have it out in the world. But let's be real about it. Like, are you nervous about it? Yeah, I think, as you said, all that stuff about how I'm like... (laughs) Being really honest about like these different. Okay. I was like, I'm really talking so honestly about my life and my wife, yeah, and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've been working on this music for a long time, and I'm excited. Kind of keep forgetting it's not out. You know, it's like I feel very ready to share it, and I'm just excited to connect with people over it. And my, my favorite experiences so far has been like when someone has come up to me and like shared their experience of the song. Like, so in releasing Strong, ending up having conversations about grief in a club and the song is kind of like club music dealing with grief lyrically. It was such a full circle moment where someone opened up to me about what they were going through and I felt very um, moved and sort of grateful that they were opening up to me in that way. That was like incredible. And so I think anything more like that that I could experience with someone would be the best bit for me. I think you're going to find that a lot. And it's amazing, just kind of a a bigger life lesson about how vulnerability is such a gift. Number one, a gift to yourself, but it's such a gift to other people, right? The second that you're able to open up, you find like multiplied out there people who need to hear that and feel seen by hearing your story. So I hope it's amazing. That's really that's a lovely way of thinking. But yeah, I hope so. I think Mm -hmm. although it's nerve wracking to be more Mm. honest and like vulnerable, I suppose, I think that it's um, maybe takes less of my energy than it would to hold things back. (laughs) Um, Totally. So I kind of feel like when I'm talking, I mean, I'm just talking very directly and like honestly about the songs are kind of what I wanted to put in the music was just what I was saying (laughs) you know like I love her that's just what I would say in my life and I just put it into the music the same way I'm talking to you now about what the meanings of the songs and stuff and it and I think it's I know what it's like to sort of kind of veil things and feel like I want to keep things private and I know that it can take up energy to remember what you've said and you know I think it's good to I'm enjoying just that kind of openness it's freedom yeah yeah you know it really is letting the guards down It's like you can just move through the world and not give it another thought. And then thinking about Love Hurt, actually, I was thinking about the lyrics today. I was listening to it this morning. There's that line about holding hands under the table and it's not that I'm not proud, but some things are for us. Mm -hmm. And I thought about you as a member of the XX and how there was a veil around your sexuality publicly, but it's also kind of a double whammy because you have a right to your personal life. Like any artist, any public figure would want to keep some things just for them. So it's kind of doubly complicated. (laughs) I mean, I think about that quite a lot in in terms of not really in the sense of like being sort of in the public eye, but I guess it's like that being 
like a proud queer person and then there's also like being like a kind of a private person as well so you can be both I guess I kind of want you know younger queer people to know that if they don't feel like they're that confident and that they see maybe like more representation on tv of someone being like really out and proud and like very confident and like sort of really showing that side of them but maybe the person might not feel like they're that kind of personality that that doesn't matter that there's still different ways of being proud and I think that I'm kind of just talking about that kind of quieter pride in love her a little bit you know then then the lyrics follow and it's like when they ask me I'll tell them you know it's like I'm sort of saying like I am proud but it's just also about as a human you might just be more of a private person and that's okay but I think there's nuance in that you know just sort of interested in those nuances. Rami, it has been so awesome to have you back on the show. And last time we spoke, we did the Shiro's Magic Wand at the end. And I'd like to do that again. I'll remind you what your wish was. And we'll see whether (laughs) you have another wish. People often say, can I get more than one wish? Okay, yeah, yeah. And so you get more than one wish. The genie is granting (laughs) you a second wish with the Shiro's Magic Wand to change anything in music for women, for queer folks. Last time, your wish was that labels would disappear, that we would no longer need labels oh, to yeah. say that you're a woman musician, you're a female oh, yeah. musician, just, just you're a, a musician. queer musician, yeah, yeah. you're a queer DJ, you're a queer whatever. Yeah. So today, I wonder whether you might have a second wish. Gosh, it's quite rare in life you aren't granted a second wish on a similar topic. <laughs> um, gosh, I am excited... And I'm wishful for more queer storylines to be in the mainstream media, providing like ongoing and evolved stories so that other people have like representation and and interesting media to connect to beyond the coming out, beyond the tragedy or the hard times, because obviously there is a lot of that. But I think just like joyful and like um, uplifting storylines in whether it be music or in TV shows or films, I think that I'd really love to experience more of that and for it to be like normalized and it just to be enjoyed without it being like a big deal. That's a great wish. I love that as your second wish. That's just like one small wish. I mean, I'm sure I could try and do a lot more good with my wishes, but I know that when I was younger, like it meant a lot to me, different representation in the media and stuff. Mm. And I think that I hope that can just help people in places where they're not able to be sort of as open and, and, and sort of give hope, I guess. Who did you see, by the way, when you were coming? I don't know if I ever asked you that question. In terms of a film, actually, like it was um, But I'm a Cheerleader was a film. Have you ever seen that one? Um, I don't think so. Oh, it's, it's really good. It's like a comedy. These characters are getting sent to like, like an awful camp where they try and like make you not gay. Pray the gay away. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. But it's like yeah. comedy and like kind of making light of that and like RuPaul's in it. But there's some good like lesbian representation in that that was big for me in my young teenage years. And um, Vic and I were were going through, like, see, oh, what can we watch tonight? And that popped up and I was like, oh, my God, that film, that was a big deal for me back then. Thank you for my second wish. There's many more good things I could have done with it, but I hope just that little bit of change can help. Rami, how should we end today? Anything that you would love to play to close? (laughs) Um, Well, I chose to end the album with She's On My Mind because I wanted it to feel like the release of pressure at the end of a night when the lights come on and somebody plays ABBA or like, that's one of my favorite moments. And that was kind of the intention with this song. And there's a playfulness in the lyrics. You saying about that people singing along to that lyric, I feel like that would be exciting. She's on my mind every hour of every day
With thanks once again to Rami. Thank you for being with us on Shiro's Congratulations on Midair. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Many thanks once again to Rami for being with us. Her solo debut, Midair, is available now on Young. Also, listen to her Shiro's guest DJed Pride Hour. Shiro's is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. Shiro's is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit shirosradio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro's shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening.